Welcome to the Success Inspired Podcast, a business and personal development podcast to help you accomplish more in life and realize your true potential. And now here is your host, Fit Muller. Hello, everybody. My guest today is money and marketing strategist who helps business owners charge what they're worth and get it. She makes it easy for heart-centered women in business and enlightened men to design and market a purposeful and profitable business based around their passion. Her marketing strategy and breakthrough money mindset strategies can help you make great money doing what you love. Please welcome to the show, Kathleen Ann from Power Up Your Marketing. Morning, Kathleen. How are you? Good morning, Vit. I'm, I'm very well. Fighting fit, in fact. Very good. Fighting fit, also. Fighting fit. What have you been up to this morning? I mean, it's 8 a.m., probably not much. Uh, well, I've been getting prepared to chat with you, in fact. Uh, awesome. What does that mean? You wake up, uh, how, how early did you wake up? I normally like to get up about 6.30. I don't like to be too early, but uh, as I said, I live in a, a outdoor aviary. The birds get me up and going usually. Oh, I love that. I love that. We, we usually go up to uh, Port Macquarie. We've got friends that live there and they've got this, you know, farm farmhouse and uh-huh. and uh, there's nobody ar- around. It's just, you know, trees and, and, and the bush. And so when we, when we, when we are there, I remember always like in the morning, like 5am, you start to hear all the birds and everything just wakes you up. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit of a twitcher. I've, I've from my back veranda, I've counted uh, 27 different species of bird oh far out i know <laughs> so some of them are migratory but most of them are, are native bird now let's segue from from this into what you've been um doing and um, which is marketing i wanted to know your story like how did you you know how did you get to where you're now with that is there a proven sort of a, a, a model that you've seen when it comes to marketing well, I think for me, I did find it for myself and, and the, the backstory to my uh, position now, it was more than 25 years ago and I worked in corporate and I had uh, I was heading up a division for direct marketing and selling financial services products, mostly life insurance and hospital plans, that sort of thing. And then I got what I call the Don't Come Monday invitation. <laughs> so that's the you know a retrenchment and uh, the company was downsizing and, mm. and so on and so forth so I was actually going overseas the following um, week and I thought fantastic I don't have to come back to this J-O-B I didn't have a clue what I was going to do but I went off and had a great holiday with my husband in Europe nice and uh, yeah and actually that's when I, I came back and that's when I bought my first set of golf clubs and I played around for a bit. I didn't know what I was going to do. And the longer I uh, waited, the more I thought I I don't want to go back into a job. I'm not actually very good at being told what to do anyway. And uh, and I'd had a great 20-year long career and I figured that there might be something else for me. So I thought I'd consult in the area that I had my expertise, my network and everything that I'd done for the previous 20 years, I figured would be a good platform to build from. Uh, not really, and um, that's the first lesson I learned was that it didn't make sense for me because I, my heart wasn't in it by then. That's what I think mm. really happened. I just couldn't get myself motivated and excited to 
to do uh, doing the, the work wasn't the issue it was getting the gig and that's what happens you know it's a long process when you're dealing with a big corporation and then you have to deliver and as a service provider type business I knew that to deliver I'd need to recruit some people to pull off the sorts of campaigns and things that I was doing I wanted to be a solopreneur. I didn't want staff responsibilities and I didn't mm. want to have to manage yeah. other people. So I figured, uh, you know, what's wrong with this picture? This isn't, why am I making this sort of business? Why am I going down this path? And and that's a lesson that I learned very, very well because I figured I've got to find another way. <clears throat> Fortunately for me, and I just fell into this, I guess, I saw a, um, a promotion on the internet and a lady in the, in the States uh, was running a three-day program on branding and I thought I need to rebrand myself I need a long hard think about where to from here so I went off and did that and look I loved it for me it really opened up much more than just branding it, it helped me pivot you know people are talking about pivoting now mm. I was reinventing myself and that's what we're really talking about even now people wanting to reinvent themselves now they've got a bit of chance to have a look and I decided that I would work with other female business owners particularly solopreneurs because that's the type of business model that I have I, what I did I decided I wanted a a lifestyle business I didn't want to be working you know the huge hours I used to put in corporate and I didn't want to create a business that required me to do the same thing it, yeah yeah, I'd, essentially, you would just replace a job with another job, except you don't it. Yeah, yeah, you get to be the, you know, the whole show. So that's what happened for me. And then that's how I created the business model that I now work with my clients on. So I, because of my marketing background, and then going forward, I, <clears throat> I also did a certification in uh, money archetypes. What happens is that you can give people all the information, you can get them set up and, and everything is ready to go, but they don't get out of the driveway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that holding back or not showing up fully and uh, women in particular undervaluing um, themselves. And, you know, well, I talk about enlightened men because a lot of guys find me now because they say, but I want that too. I want to be front of my business I want to be seen and I want to be myself I don't want to have to be like you know in corporate in particular like mm. you expect the clients got to see just that you know that face not the real person yeah. so that's that's how I got to be doing what I'm doing and I've been doing I've been doing that for uh, more than a dozen years now and it it when I say market ready get clients market ready it's because often people are just out there selling, and you've probably noticed that yourself, they're not positioned as any anything special. And you, you've got to be seen as the expert. So branding helps to, from the inside out, identify all the key values and the everything that's at essence for you so that you can externalise that. And, and it's very subtle, you know, you you're able then to give a brief to somebody if you're not the creative person, you know, building the website and, and doing your graphics and things. They can interpret how that needs to be seen. 
And uh, normally I'd have a nice big banner up behind me, but I let it go and it fell down and split right down the middle. So uh, people can't see my branding uh, at, at the moment. But <clears throat> but my brand is really key for me because it, it encapsulates all the things that I want to, that I want potential clients to be attracted to, attracted to. And that's the important thing here. So you're not sort of, you know, trying to drag people in. They just see, hear you, express however you are being authentic is the main thing. People will either like what you say and how you present or not. And that's fine because everybody is not your client. That's the other thing people have got to learn. Just you, you want to appeal to your ideal client. So you need to know who they are. Who is it that you want to serve? So I work on, it's almost like business modelling. So we do the branding, uh, choosing a niche. I like to think inch wide, mile deep. You need to be as narrow as you can. Point being here is you can then identify seriously what's their problem. What's the problem that you can solve, the thing that you do standing on your head basically. So make it easy. And then how to... How to create a system. I call it a signature system. So often people are just selling a never-ending story. How can I help you? And let's have a little discussion and then I'll see whether, you know, what I do. If Flip it on its head. Just address the problem that a group of people have and create a system process around solving it and just do that. It's more than enough. It really streamlines things. And when people have come into that, situation and the better you get the better you get it's never boring because the people you're working with are always different but and 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 it's a creative process that I that I do but it is about getting them market ready so then they you know they've got a process that they can so productizing is I think about productize your services so instead of services are quite intangible you can almost hold this out and say you know buy, buy this but then the this is if you just have one offering, then you can get a yes or a no and then end of story. I like to then help create um, what I call a good, better, best model of the process. And in doing that, you give clients choice. They can invest with you at the level that, you know, time, money, whatever, that they're prepared to do. <clears throat> get more yeses instead of yes or no. <laughs> Absolutely. We call it also the ascending ascending ladder model, right? Like a low budget offer, and then going from that because you might have a high ticket tight high ticket offering, but sometimes you might be missing out on people who are not at that stage to be able to afford it. But if you have a lower budget offer, that's something that they can afford and and get value out of. Yeah, yeah, and it's a different conversation too because people are then thinking, at what level? Not will I, won't I? So it does make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And what I liked about when you said your brand and, and how you position yourself, what I really liked is when I when I visited your website is how you how you present yourself on your website. And something I've not seen anywhere else yet. Basically for the li- for the guys listening, what what Kathleen's websites look like. It's almost like a like it's a a drip feed online course, but it's already there. So like you land on the on the homepage and there she is with a welcome video and and the next step to it. So you watch a little I think it's like sixty seconds. It's not long, right? It's a little snippet video where she gets to introduce um, herself to you and you get to know her uh, straight away. Because I mean we buy from people who know we know, like and trust, right? 
And what I liked about it is I watched that video and then there was another bit to it. It was another step for me to do. It was like, okay, well, if you like this, scroll down a little bit. On this page, you've got three options and you were really specific about what's on the page. It made it real like you're there with me. And and there were those options, uh, you know, for me to to click on. And when I clicked on those options, it took me to another page, and there you were there again with another video, you know. So it was it was really cool. It was like, you know, for me as a, as a as a somebody uh, as a visitor on the website browsing through, I felt like, well, this is this feels different. Like I'm not just browsing someone's website. I feel like there's somebody with me helping me navigate through all that information and taking me to the next step. So I, I really like that. It was really amazing. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, so you can see the process on the website, and this is the thing. A lot, a lot of people don't understand what you've just explained. That landing page is to get the attention, but briefly enough for people to go, oh, yeah, there's something here or not, you know, and if you want them to stay, you need to then give them the next indication as to where to next. So the where to next video is longer, you may have noticed, because I can then take the time to explain more of what it is that I want people to understand. So clicking on one button, I talk about money and how people walk around in their daily business and their life, not consciously connected to money that is positive you know, a lot of people just have negativity around money, and but they yeah. don't even realise. So I explain in that video a little bit longer. And then on another pull down, they would go to talking about the positioning in the marketplace as the expert. Because my whole, uh, my umbrella promise in my brand is uh, to help people make and keep more money. So the way to do that, one, positioning in the marketplace having your services packaged up and priced so that you've got a good offering and then there's the money mindset. So in combination, it's about raising fees. People don't charge enough. So that's how when I get to explain more in the video, and video is obviously very personal, I wanted to make sure that I have the exact words for my potential clients to recognise how I could benefit them in their business. So I was very precise about what I wanted to say and how it came out. And, and then we did five, of, we did the, every video on my, on my website, five videos in one take on each of them, never repeated one of them. So that was planning. And that's, that's right. what you need to do in your marketing. Yeah, you need to do the planning. And then you can, it, it's so much easier. And so now I say, in the process that I use and, and how I set my clients up. I have a seven-step system myself and through those steps, one of them, the first one is branding. In your business and how you want to be, you know, show up and be presenting, it's really great to know what structure you have archetypally. And there's a lot of words, there's indications there about where your strengths and your, you know, your, your little um, weaknesses to be aware of so that you can benefit from that. And, and once people have done that branding, they're married to their brand. I love my brand. I'm very protective of my brand. So it's about authenticity and that makes it easy then to stay it's yourself. Show up and be yourself. It's the easiest job in the world. <laughs> yep. So so in the, the way the videos play out, as you said, I get to get all that across in very short time, you know, because of that planning. And then I, I literally, if somebody rang me right now and said, can we, can we do branding? I would pick up a workbook, 
pick up a set of cards and an assessment and we do it. Show up, that's it, job done. Like you said, you've got a lifestyle business and uh, if you haven't had a good systems around, it wouldn't be a lifestyle business. So yeah, you've got got a system that you follow that makes it efficient to to get your work done and quickly deliver, which is awesome. And uh, and on, on the point of preparation, you know, have you heard of the rule of five Ps? Five Ps? Yeah, yeah. Tell me. Is this, so, is this in marketing, you mean product price? And- no, no. No. So it's not okay. different. And it's something I'll just have to then mark this episode as uh, X-rated, I guess. <laughs> so <laughs> pr- that's all right. Uh, prior preparation prevents piss poor performance. <laughs> all right. And so like you said, you, 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 you recorded five videos in, in you know one take each. But it wasn't a matter of, you know, you just going there and winging it. Exactly. You, know, you actually had a lot put a lot of thought into um, how you're going to say say it on the video a certain way, right? I mean, whether it yeah. was, you know. It, it needs to be a short amount of time, so every word has to count. And, uh, and, and in marketing too, we're either speaking or we're writing. So when you have your um, brand and the thing that you do all clear, that's all you do. You don't have to go off and do all these other things. I see people, they're all over the place and I can't quite grasp what it is that they that they do. So yeah. that's the other part of it. They'll often, someone will say, oh, can you help me with this? As a go down that rabbit hole, they, they, they say, oh, yes. <laughs> and then days or weeks go by where they're creating something specifically for somebody who's not in their ideal mm. client niche. and one, they miss out on the clients they ought to be serving, and two, like you know, wasting time creating things that might only ever get used once for that one particular client, and that's what happens in consulting. Which is, you know, I mentioned how I started out consulting, thinking that was the best thing. It, it takes so much time to to win a um, a gig, and then to have to do the work. It's always different. So far better to just find the problem that you solve and. Stick with that, and the better you get, the better you get, and then you get to charge more. <laughs> mm. And on that yeah. point of charging more, also mm. one of the good things about charging more or charging right is, is you get the right type of leads too, right? The right type of leads. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh, like yes. like I I know like um in a fitness like I've managed a few fitness you know businesses uh for, like gyms facilities. And, you know, always looking at, you know, memberships and how we're going to grow at the memberships. And one of the best things we've always, like, I've found that always works is a charging a little bit of money, even if it's a, a, a trial offer, especially when it comes to, like, boutique businesses, you know, like, for example, F45, you know, a lot of studios do a free free trial offer. And they end up getting, you know, shit ton of people coming in for free. That's right. And so, and and it's not the fact that they enjoy, just don't convert, but there's all the other expenses associated with that person. You've had to call them, you've had to process them, the admin time, you've had to train them. Um, yeah. You've obviously trying to call them again, trying to convert them, which was a waste of time. So when you put the numbers to it, it's actually, you know, equates to a fair bit of um, expense for nothing. Yeah. Whereas when you actually charge for them to, to come and try you out, it might end up covering your admin costs, um, your advertising costs, and and it's a pre-qualifying thing, right? Because it is a pre-qualifier. We, we used to call it a loss leader when you deliberately run a campaign at a loss, knowing that at the other end, because in direct marketing, which was my, well, still my specialty really, 
you can measure all of this. So, you know, test and measure, test and measure until you improve the model till, till you've got that working into profit, of course. But the thing is, we all say, you know, we like free, but we don't value it. So there's two things going on there when and, and consultants take a lot of time before they actually get paid usually because they've got to win the gig first. Whereas in, you know, as a service provider, if you if you understand that when somebody spends anything with you, that flips the switch, it does it for you too, that someone's paying you um, and also that the person who's doing the paying, they've stepped over a line now. They're no longer just out there. They, uh, they're they more than a hand raiser. A hand raiser will be showing interest, but they've actually invested something. So it doesn't even have to be a huge amount, but the fact that they paid anything is already making them a more uh, a potential client to convert to the um, value and the service that you really want to deliver. Because after all, we're, we are in business to make money and anyone who's not, you should get a job because um, you, you're going to run a business. You better be there in money or to be a motivator. But that's not all. It's not the whole story. Most of us are there because we're passionate about what we do that's and it. we want to get the results for those people. So, so that's why it's so really, really important to do the groundwork. Like I call it, it's foundational <clears throat> market ready. Because once you start enrolling clients into whatever it is that you do, you are going to spend your time with them. So if that's not what you enjoy to do and they're not the type of people, you're not going to want to get out of bed <laughs> and get into business, are you? That's just, you, you will be setting yourself up for failure. Why not set up for success? Why not find the thing you love to do and get better and better at it? And conversely to it also, you might you might really enjoy what you do, but if you... If you if you're trying to scale it to you know help more people at once and therefore charging less money, you might end up having to do a lot more work, especially if you haven't got a good systems around. You know, so you might end up having doing a lot of work trying to service all these people, which might result in you actually starting to hate your work. What you do exactly, and that and that's the balance, and which is why I say that you should be well paid and. The thing about that, you know, there's no limit to what you can charge for what you do. It really, it is only within your own mindset where you feel about that. And I, I can remember, you know, having a salary, being in corporate and every month, you know, I was paid very well. And whatever I did, I still got that salary. So when it comes to setting up your own business and you you put yourself out there and you're asking an individual to pay you, it's a big shift in mindset around that. And back then I didn't know what I know, know now. Mm. But when somebody paid me that very first client that I signed up and I I was just amazed how I felt about that. I instantly thought I've got a licence to make money. That's what <laughs> I thought. Right. Because no one was going to ask me not to come one day ever again. Um, I, I actually had this big light bulb moment that I could create my own income. And until that point, until somebody actually paid me, I don't think I believed it. I think I, well, I know that the first, you know, I helped my clients set a bold money goal. How much money do you want to make? And then we work backwards how much it's required and what sort of services and who you're going to offer them to at what price point. <clears throat> and that's another eye-opener. Some people just 
think they need a lot of clients and they're always needy and they're always feeling like they've got to, you know, get more clients. When really, as, as service providers, we don't need a lot of clients if we've got the right business model and we've got the right offerings at the right price point. There's only so many clients that we can serve. And yes, there's the one-to-many model and we can leverage and that's a, that's a great um, thing to have in your planning. However, there's still only so much that you can do. You can then start doing online programs and all sorts of things, yes. But for that service that you turn up and deliver, there are only so many clients that you can serve. So they better be the ones that value you, that you love to work with, that you get great results from, and who are willing to invest in their own success. So establishing the the parameters around what you're after needs that forethought as well. Otherwise, as you said, you could have a whole lot of clients and a, and a miserable daily, uh, you know, uh, life uh, just getting through looking after them. And the people who pay you better, um, they're the best performers. They want their value, yes, but it makes you step up. Have you noticed that? The people who do charge well, they perform well too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so and the the other interesting thing that happens is also from their point because because they actually invest a lot more money, they actually do the work. Oh, they do the work. They do the work. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's the other thing you don't um, you don't need to motivate those people because they want their ROI and that's that's what they're investing in and there's the value. So when when people are selling, they're often talking about what they do. Um, and, and how, you know, the client isn't actually interested in your process until they're ready to invest with you. They just want to know you can solve their problem. So <clears throat> then they, they just step up, they identify that you're talking to me. That's what happened when I was looking for solving my own problem. Two weeks later, I was on a plane to the States and I went several times um, working on my own business and, and certification programs because I thought this is there's so many people just like me, I really could help them and that really lit me up. Mm. And uh, as I say, that's one of those things that it it was a lovely um, way for me to really feel that I'm contributing. That's part of why I do what I do. I just love to help other people um, be successful and I feel my system and process is so easy that why, you know, why would I do anything else? It's it's, it's fun for me. And, and I, I say to people, if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. So <laughs> I like to have fun. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, like, yeah. and that's your lifestyle. Now, for somebody, for somebody listening, you know, this lifestyle business that you've been able to create, what it, what is it, what does it um, look like for you? Like, what is it, what does it feel like on your day to day? Well, freedom, really. It's, it's totally free. I, I can work where I want. I can deliver my services in person, but I can also do them online. I work with who I want. I'm very selective. I'll only take on clients who are ready to rock and roll. And, you know, I don't want to drag people through processes. And, you know, sometimes people say, oh, you know, they want to be kept accountable by a coach. And I think, well, if you're going to be a business owner and you can't account for yourself, get a job. <laughs> it sounds, no, I just feel like people need to, you know, take the reins and, you know, really perform for themselves. Yeah. So so my, my days, I, I do done with you services. So I'm not one of those people who give a whole lot of information and send people away to, you know, get it done. Uh, we get, we get the job done, roll up our sleeves and uh, really get stuck in. I'm very collaborative. Yep. So that's 
what I like. It's the people, they know their stuff. Most of the time, I don't change what people are doing. I just rearrange it all so they can get get better, better clients, better income, but still have a process around it, streamline everything. Would it help if I gave an example, Vic? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's often for me, you know, it, when you put it into context and you see how how what I'm explaining here works, it, it'll it'll be much more clear. So Sharon Hesp, uh, one of my uh, clients, Sharon, people will find her on uh, Facebook. She's a naturopath, fantastic at her, you know, uh, healing, and she'd been nearly ten years in her business, had a good presence on Facebook and and a good following, but she noticed. Some other people were purporting to be, you know, healing people along the lines that she did. And she felt that perhaps they weren't, they didn't have the experience. Mm -hmm. They certainly were doing and saying things that might even be harmful, not necessarily, you know, going to heal these these people. So I said to her, okay, she wanted me to help create a program originally. And then I said to her, what do you need another program for? So that's when she explained to me what was going on. So I said, well, let's just, have, you know, stop and take a proper look at this. What's happening in the marketplace? Your branding was uh, Sharon, Sharon Hesp, naturopath, and it was the food intolerance expert. That was, that was how she had been branded for many years. It's pretty niche. Yeah, except I said to her, do your clients know that all your potential clients know that they have got a food intolerance? And it was like, you know, talk about an epiphany. She went, oh, my goodness, I'm not sure they do. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. So the thing is you have to identify your niche group, their problem, but as they are experiencing it, and that's a tip, if you take nothing out of this, listeners, of what I've, I've spoken about today, how are, how is your client experiencing their problem? Because if you're not hitting on that, it's going past them. So this is what happened with, with Sharon, food intolerance expert. So I said, well, what is their problem? And she said, oh, they've got a crook gut. And I said, okay, would they know that? And she said, oh, for sure, they'd know that. They'd know that. Anyone who's got a crook gut, they know they've got a crook gut. I said, there we go. That's their problem. It's not that they're intolerant to certain foods that might be causing it, but their problem is as they're experiencing it, they're spending too many hours in the little yep. room. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so then I said to her, okay, so let's look at it then from their, their um, point of view. What is it that you do for them? And she said, well, I heal the gut. Crook gut, heal the gut. So you can see instantly the different positioning in the marketplace than the food intolerance expert. Yeah, sounds too technical, food intolerance, yeah. Especially when you don't know you've got one, mm. you know. Some people may, but it's still not addressing the problem that they're, they're um, experiencing every day, all day. So having gone that far, we then went, okay, let's create a system because as a naturopath, <clears throat> there are processes obviously, but they're not necessarily written down and packaged up to market. So we created um, a program. This is the signature system, Heal the Gut in 90 Days. So here's the, and, and then, of course, the branding. Instead of being the food intolerance expert, she's now the good gut girl. Nice alliteration for marketing purposes as well. So here's the good gut girl, heals the gut in 90 days. 
makes sense and it's so easy for people to go, oh, that sounds great idea. I've got this problem. Let me investigate um, this solution. So then we actually then created the good, better, best model I spoke to earlier. And it's interesting too, like it, it can be, it, and, it, and it is fun and, and shows a sense of humour. So just I got this brainwave and I said to her, you know, when's this, we don't ever call it good, better, best. But we have to come up with a, a name that differentiates the level. Mm-hmm. So I, I said to her, you're the good gut girl. How about we've got the gutsy program and then the next level is the gutsier program and then there's the gutsiest one. So that she has these three programs now, the good, the good, better, best. And uh, and of course, the, the her client's now able to do a do-it-yourself program. That's the, the gutsy That's one. The, the yep. gutsier. They've got her um, on uh, email support and, and giving information to and fro. And then the gutsiest one, there's the naturopath, either online or in person. Uh, you know, she runs a clinic and, she, and she's got a farm down the, down in the Southern Highlands and uh, she comes to, to Sydney, runs a clinic, you know, one day a week and then she's down on the farm serving all her other clients, living her lovely lifestyle and, uh, yeah. So, so it's kind of like a, a do-it-yourself, I'll do it with you or... And in of- her business, you know, that means getting you know, samples tested and analysed and, and then giving the... Yeah, right, it's so going really in-depth. Yeah. 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 So the program's pretty much the same. It's just that there's this different points that people go through. And I think people need to understand too that <clears throat> some people, and, and look, the airline industry is the best example of this. There's a plane and you're getting on here and you're getting off there. And yet people are prepared to pay, you know, 10 times as much to get on that pointy end <laughs> sit in the big chair <laughs> as to get on the back. They're breathing the same air. They're going to the same place. There's very little difference except, you know, a higher level of service, obviously, but they want that level, high care, high touch, and, and there's plenty of money out there and plenty of people are prepared to invest at that level. So, you know, there's there's every example. In practically, there's not a business that can't create a good, better, best model for their clients. Absolutely. And sometimes you get lucky and you get a first class by accident. Ah, you do. You could get upgraded. <laughs> <laughs> Which was my and, case. <laughs> and let, me, let me tell you a funny story because I did, I did this. This was interesting. It was not first class, but it was business class. And it was back in the day when I, I had my corporate role and I was going on holidays for two weeks and there was a, a magazine and it was uh, promoting in that magazine, there was a full-page colour ad. It was for Qantas. And they were in that, sorry, the prize was with Qantas, but the competition was you had to tell them how many, you know, how much money it cost to do a full-page colour ad, a couple of other questions. I filled it out, faxed it off in those days and uh, went on my holiday. And the day I came back, I had a phone call and I was just about to, to leave and I had made a deal with one of my other colleagues, another female, that we were always the last one out of the office and, and we were going to change that and twice a week we were going to head down to our car, <clears throat> our, you know, stuff in there and walk. We walked in the Botanical Gardens in Sydney and we did that a couple of times. Oh, that's a nice place. Uh, a beautiful place. So anyway, we were just getting ready to go on, on our walk and I got a phone call. So I picked it up and, and this gentleman said to me, is that is that Kathleen? I went yes, and he said, "Oh, I've I've got great news for you. Um, you've won this competition." And um, I, I didn't believe him for starters, but, but yeah. I, I actually did. <laughs> now the competition I won was business class trip for two to London, 
a few thousand dollars spending money and so on and so forth. And until that day, I used to say, I'm not lucky. I don't win. I never win anything. And that's the thing about mindset, you see. After you've got the evidence that that's not true, and that's how you change your, your beliefs, you find the evidence that what you've held as a belief is not true. So I'm very lucky. And I walk down the street, and if, I, if there's five cents on the footpath, I will pick it up and go, what a fantastic country. Money just falls out of the sky. <laughs> you know? I remember when I was a child, five cents, well, they wouldn't have cents in those days. They were sixpence. <laughs> Yeah, you know, right. I've got a few grey stripes. Yeah. But the sixpence used to buy my brothers and sisters. We'd get a whole bag of lollies and we'd have a great party. <laughs> so, you know, the value that you place on things and how you feel about money is really what's underpinning um, what you're prepared to um, accept. And, and sometimes um, you just, yeah, you just need to experience it. And like you said, I actually, I, can, I resonate to that experience as well. Like you said, when you first time got paid for your own business, now it became reality. Mm-hmm. I've experienced the same thing when I started my fitness career as a personal trainer. When I hired my first client, it was literally uh, the guy came to me. You know, I was you know I was a fitness instructor. I was running you know about ten classes a week. Like I was very very busy back then, doing all the spin classes and circuit training and and all yeah. sorts of stuff, boxing and with members, you know. And and there was obviously regulars coming to my classes. And then I got qualified as a as a PT, and and I just you know I just mentioned it, but I haven't really sort of plan to start yet and he just came up to me it's like look i just want to do a couple of sessions with you how much do you charge how much would you charge me i'm like yeah. <laughs> whoa <laughs> there's somebody there who wants to train with me with me i'm yeah. like that's awesome and yeah and just put it i just put a some sort of a you know entry level price because i yeah. you know i didn't feel like i should be charging a full rate because it's my beginning but yeah it made me made me realize wow there is a this is real i can actually do it and make make money and and yeah. earn my yeah, earn my like do f- work for myself so that was definitely a good um confidence booster as well yeah yeah and the thing with that often when people are starting in business they'll they'll look around and see what everybody else is doing and guess what everybody else everybody else practically is undercharging that's the truth of it so they look around and think like you said oh i'm just starting i don't have um runs on the board i haven't got this and i haven't done that so then they wind it down even from what they see and so they start by undercharging and then when they get into a conversation with a potential client they all that internal questioning will they pay me is it what i do is going to be worth it and all this whatever we tell ourselves and so the person in front of us they're feeling this they're feeling oh well, this person doesn't feel sort of too confident so mm. <clears throat> there's a process going on here that you know the self-worth is what's at issue and as soon as you get that and as you said you've got a client first of all that's like a wacko and then when you work with that client and you find that they get that you know the benefits and and that you're really good at what you do then you know but it's far easier to start at a better price point because it's harder to go up and then often people discount. And if people ask for a discount, you know, people feel obligated. Oh, yeah, I hate discounts. I've yeah, never done it. discounts. I've <laughs> always hated it. I mean, I've, I've started at a lower price point, but it doesn't mean I've discounted. I've just started at a price point that I felt was fair uh, considering yeah, yeah, I was starting and, my and, career. And I understand because we all do that. But what I'm saying is that if you really question um, the, the logic 
of what you're doing and you go, okay, I, I know because hmm. even though we're starting a business doesn't mean that we don't have experience. We're just not experienced in the business. So what often happens is we do that self worth thing, thinking about that, not thinking about the value we deliver. So I'll say to people, just turn your um, perspective out. Look at that potential client in front of you. And if you know, hand on heart, that that you can solve their problem and that you're the, the best person to be doing that, if you don't sign them up, they go away with their problem. You know, that's the reality. They go away with their problem and they've got to find somebody else. So you, you're really doing them a disservice if you can fix their problem. And as we said earlier, when people put skin in the game and they put a better investment into their solution, uh, they are going to make a, they're going to perform and they're going to get the outcome and, and everybody's happy. People only, they'll only be disappointed if they don't get the outcome. They won't mind how much it costs because they'll be good to go and how long it takes I give this example to healers all the time. You know, some people I know, they've got like five different modalities. They're constantly doing something else and, and, and strict, you know, the client doesn't care. If they've got a problem, they want it fixed, so long as you don't hurt them, <laughs> preferably, and, and, and they will invest in their health or recovery, whatever. So what, what the process for them is, is, is this person going to heal me or, you know, do you know fix my problem whatever that is that's all they're interested in at that point so that the you know you, you can't be um, I say shopped around like if you've got a process or a program that you do for your client you take Sharon's you know heal the gut in 90 days with a good gut girl no one else has got her program so you can't compare it there are so many things in there. And I should add, too, that because she'd been around um, for so long, she had so much material. She'd never monetized. You know, books, video training, cooking, recipes, food, and now, you know, food and nutritional information. So I've gone to her, you just need a membership site. So all of that accrued information Mm. Now is on on a membership site. People can pay monthly, and they can get this information and constantly as long as they like to stay in the program. Now, so even even if that was obviously before publicly available, is that a problem? Say, if you had a blog and, and you had those videos set up oh, for yeah. public oh, on absolutely. YouTube, absolutely, absolutely. See, this you is still the do other it? thing. It's the other thing people underestimate. We we want things done. For for us, we want them quickly. We we love things when they're all in that one place. So there's all that free information out there. Half of it's not correct anyway, but it's mm. all over the place. People want to be able to go. Okay, I know. And this is you know to Sharon's um, example. They know that they're going to get monthly information that keeps them on their healthy path. And she's constantly giving out uh, information, even you know, to uh, you know through her Facebook. But it's not all in the one place, and it's not all addressing the problem and 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 etc. So it doesn't matter. And the same people say, but but I've heard that before, or we we say, you know, I've said that over and over and over. Wouldn't we love it if our clients or our potential clients remembered everything we'd said? They don't. We don't remember everything we hear. So we need to continually give that information. But if you make that um, whole process simple and easy. Package it up. Yeah. yeah. So so never think that 
that information is not valuable. What is valuable is the way that the uh, people can consume it and uh, and your take on things is different to somebody else's. Don't worry about everybody else. I, I, I actually don't worry about what other business coaches are doing. They don't do what I do. And the clients that I serve, they're looking for a very specific solution that I can provide. That's all I worry about. Who can I help? Who can I get? You know, I can see people who are, you know, maybe not um, doing the best out there in the marketplace. And if they hear what I say and they ask me for some input, we, we actually just have a conversation. I uh, help people understand, you know, what they've been doing and how they might improve on things. And and if if we are a match to, to work on that. And if that's we're right. not, that's the reason I'm in business networking. I can direct them to somebody who can help them. You know, I'm widely networked and there's all sorts of people and it. And I don't implement. So once I've got somebody market ready and they're they're getting underway with, you know, building a website, writing copy, you know, getting the videos made, all the rest of that, I can introduce them to people that I know are expert in the bit that they do. Absolutely. And and for those listening, I myself, I'm a member of BX Networking as well. And actually, if you hang around long enough, there's going to be an episode that I've recorded with the founder of BX Networking, so you get to find out more about it. And if you're a business owner in Australia, and I believe anywhere else works as well, you can join this network and get a lot of great value out of it by you know, getting to know other business owners, create referral partnerships, and a whole lot of great stuff. But I'll leave that for the next episode. Just yeah, keep well, an that's, eye how out. We, that's how we met Vit. So I think, you know, it would be That's great. right. Yeah, that's how me, me and you have met together at exactly. BX, and there yep. we go. Now, yep. I just wanted to add on that uh, on the point of value, just, just to wrap up mm-hmm. on, the, on, the, on the right price. The mm-hmm. other thing is also what was very interesting to me, which I didn't realize, never crossed my mind, is when you – you know, when you discount yourself, not only you, obviously you devalue yourself, like in like a perceived value goes goes down. Yeah. But sometimes people will not sign like sign up with you because that price is too low. They would think that the product or service it's um, less quality because yeah. they they perceive they they associate the price to uh, to the cheap. quality. Right. Cheap. Yeah. Cheap. It's cheap. Cheap. And we know what that means. You're exactly right. And see, this is it's so interesting, isn't it? the whole thought process around charging what you're worth it is the opposite when you are the you know cheapest one out there if you're competing on price for starters you're you know you're on a race to the bottom it's the worst business you can oh it is do. very much race to the bottom isn't it especially yeah. once you get into once you start like uh, uh, react to the you know to your competition if they're doing deals and what if if you jump on that same boat uh it's just a way downhill yeah, yeah. So just continue to focus on the value. And I think the value then, you you if your client isn't ready to sign up, then they haven't prioritized what you're offering them in what they what they need. So if they went away and signed up with somebody else, there could be some reasons for that. It may be that that person had a more fit program for them, you know, something was a better fit, or it could simply be they weren't sales process felt yeah, they weren't confident that you would deliver. Yeah. So so this is why it's really so important to make sure that you're delivering great value and at a, at a great investment point and then hold your boundaries. You know, people, especially women, they're a bit of a pushover sometimes because they really want to help everybody, um, but it's not helpful for them if they're running a business. They won't be around long enough to help anybody if they don't, stay in business so there's this 
going on. But this is our conscious mind. We're thinking logically and we're, you know, we're intelligent people, but it's what's going on um, in the subconscious. That's who's really running the show. So, you know, five-year-old Vit, you know, he's running your show and five-year-old me. So we have to constantly be aware that our thinking is we're not aware unless we become. So as soon as you become aware about something, and this is when people say, oh, well, how can I change my beliefs if I don't even know what they are? You, you can see the evidence and you can see that if you've got some recurring pattern and it's the patterns of behaviour. And it's not just around money because how you do money is how you do everything. And I see some people who are very, you know, like, like they giving away basically everything, you know, the money and everything else. But there's some reason behind that behaviour. Why, you know, does one person do this and another person does that? There's something going on there. And so, you know, we have lots of positive beliefs. It's not about, you know, turning yourself inside out. It's just about being aware about the things that are holding you back and uh, what you really need to change if you're unhappy with certain situations and circumstances. So a lot of people will will feel that, you know, something, you know, more money than month, more, more month than money, you know, often at the end of the month they've run out of money um, and every month it's the same and they just cannot see that they've tried so hard, they've done this, they've done the other and something's happened or whatever might be going on um, and they can't see that they... Are, uh, that it's a pattern of a behaviour that they have and that's what understanding your money archetypes can help um, unearth that. And once you're aware about something, then you can go, oh, is that true? You know, like in the things we grew up hearing, you know, like, oh, and this is one thing that holds a lot of business people to working too hard, you know, have to work hard for your money. How many times have we heard that in our lifetime? You have to work hard for your money. No, you don't. <laughs> your money can work hard for you. You can put your money to work for you. And then you also can, you know, work smarter and not harder. So that underlying belief is that you have to work hard for your money. And people think that that's a great work ethic. You know, are they really hard workers? Isn't that fantastic? Oh, my goodness. Why? Why do you buy into that? It's because it's in our subconscious because yeah. that was what we were raised. Most of us were raised to work hard, you know, that that's work hard. And, and I think that's what keeps a lot of people on a treadmill and they don't feel like if they're making money easily, they feel guilty because don't you have to work hard for your money? <laughs> yeah. So it's fascinating, endlessly fascinating. And um, the more you can uncover, I think like the... Leaves of an artichoke, peeling them back, you know, till you get to the heart of the matter. And that's where you can start making um, real and continued progress. Because once you've, once you've expanded, you can't go back. You know, once you know things, you can't unknow them. And, and that's the beauty of this. It's, a, it's really just a continual self-development and valuing yourself. It just is um, rewarding in so, on, on so many levels. So money is just a tool. It's a, I, I think of it as looking through the lens of money and you can make so many improvements in so many different areas by um, acknowledging that and the better it gets, the better it gets. Love it. Love it. Kathleen, if your business, um, you've been around it for 20 years now. More than 25, different model in the last, uh, you know, 15 or so. But, yes, I've, I've been, you know, rowing my own boat all that time, Vid. 
reason I ask is so everything that we've covered so far, we've we've provided people with valuable advice, with you know actual information about marketing. We've talked about our value proposition. We've talked about importance of nicheifying, and and that's all great. That's all great advice. That's all great information. We've also talked about your you know your personal story. How did you start from your career? But I also like to throw in some sort of a story from your own point of view of you know you're running your own business, sharing what was the toughest time that you've had to overcome. And, and what did that do for you? Because what I what I get out of these type of stories is, and for the listeners is, I think it's a good inspir- inspiration, and for people to know that no, it's not a it's not an easy road, and nobody's had it easy. But knowing that you can overcome, you know, certain hardships. I've personally overcome certain hardships in my own business, and I'm sure you would have as well. What was the toughest thing that you've had to overcome over the time? Yeah, well, I think it would go back to that story about you know starting on the wrong path. And as you know, you've got a lot of setup to do when you first go into business. And I chose to create a company. I didn't didn't go on a um, um, sole trader. Yes, sole trader. Or yeah, I figured no, I'll I'll, I'll start a company, and I did that. And uh, I I then did spend a lot of time knocking on those co- corporate doors. And as I said, I I got some some great um, business. You know, I did work for the Commonwealth Bank and you know, other big insurance firms. And and I I had so much invested in that. And yet I knew that I was working far too hard for, for it was like, you know, I say yeah. rewriting the deck chairs on the Titanic. You know, my income was all over the place. I was feast or famine. So it was it was a very difficult decision for me to say something's got to change. I either have to go back and get a job, <laughs> heaven forbid. <laughs> That was my motivator. I won't do anything to avoid doing that. And I figured I just had to find another way. So I, I literally had to scrap what I'd done, all the work I'd put in and all the effort, my original branding, everything I had to go. That's it. That's got to go. And 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 I I did. I, I was on a plane two weeks after I saw this possibility that I could do a rebranding program. And I did that. I thought I if I... If I don't invest in myself and I don't get this working for me, I will have to, you know, let that go and, and go and get a job. So that was, I think that was the most critical uh, time for me because after that it was, I, I got into flow. I got what I really, I really got what I wanted. And, and, and mm. yes, I had to work at that and over time, you know, build that up. But it was ditching what I'd put money and time and 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 my reputation that was the thing I felt like I'd failed and and I knew that I'd had such a good career that how did this happen (laughs) so that was very challenging but I like a challenge so I, I just had to find another way and and that's what I think we have to ask ourselves when we're starting and creating a business is this is this the business that's going to serve us? And I never asked those questions. I, I just thought I would get paid well to do what I'd always done. Just based on your knowledge and expertise, yeah. Yeah, and it made absolute sense to, to you know, ride on my career, my corporate career and, and everything that that had brought to me. So I, I don't think back in the day there was an opportunity that is now for people like there are a lot of coaches now that you know uh, I, I call myself a subject matter coach because I don't you know I, I can do the things that I'm doing from 
very specific processes to, you know, marketing and money. But back then, you know, I, I was offered a, you know, outplacement service and uh, I said to the guy, thanks for the money, honey, I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, I'm, going to, I'm going to Europe for five weeks. When I get back, I might talk to you. And I never did. That was a bit, you know, probably uh, just just how I felt at the time, I think. I yeah. Thought, no, no, yeah. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go because they're going to talk to me about getting another um, job. So, so that that challenge, I suppose, it, I think it's a bit easier now because there are people who they're business coaches, and that's a much more common thing. But the thing I have to say, people should look and see what is it that they need right now. Because often people hire a coach, and they're not the right match. They're not getting them to that next point. So what is that next thing that you have to solve um, and, and get that done rather than, you know, in this general terms. So so find find a, you know, have a good long look at where you're at and uh, where you want to be and then find the person who's been there, done that, um, who can take you there as well. I, I think plenty of people have just, you know, read a book <laughs> and, you know, they sort of know, know some stuff that maybe not necessarily the, the right the right match. So I think clarity, and and I I had to come to my own clarity way back then, as you were asking me about that. So that that would have been my worst uh, worst experience. And and you know I did I did have to suck it up and <laughs> and I say to people just stay in the game, yeah, stay in the game. Kathleen, it's been an amazing having you in the show today. Is there anything that you'd like to say to the listeners? Any particular offer that you have that you'd like to let people know about? Uh, well, certainly I would like to offer anybody who is listening, if they were to go to my website and, uh, you know, whether it's on marketing or whether it's on money or, or a combination of, you'll find if you look at the services tab and pull that down and I'll invite you to have a 30-minute conversation with me on the phone uh, or Zoom and we can have a chat about where you're at, what you're wanting to do. And as I say, if I'm the person that might help you accomplish that, and if not, I can um, introduce you to somebody who could. So that's my main role is to give people the opportunity to identify what's next, what's the best step for them. And uh, if that's me, that would be fantastic because, uh, as I say, I love to help people get where they're going. And I'm all about success. Awesome. That sounds great. I'll put it in the show notes. Kathleen, I hope you have a nice sunny day so you can go and play golf. And once again, thank you for being on the show today. And once again, thank you very much for inviting me. It's been my absolute pleasure.